Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Popcorn Watchlist podcast, where we discuss and celebrate our favorites in TV and film. I'm your host, Xavier, and joined today, I have the standard Popcorn Watchlist panelists in uh, Danny, Anthony, and Zach. Say hello, gentlemen. What's up, y'all? Hello, hello gentlemen. gentlemen. Anthony, of course, Sorry. taking everything hella literally. Good job. Uh, and uh, what brings us in for today's episode, uh, to refresh the memory of the listeners and viewers is that we're going through our ongoing watch list recommendations list. And last time, Anthony recommended the 1999 classic animated film, The Iron Giant. Um, movie is about a kid that lives in Rockwell, Maine in 1957 during, you know, the whole nuclear scare. Um, you know, Red Menace days, and he finds that there was a giant robot that fell from outer space, and he ends up befriending him and uh, finds a valuable lesson about your potential and uh, great themes of friendship and uh, not being, you know, fit to fit to having to be one thing. And regardless to that, also just being able to decide your own fate. Uh, well, this is honestly, as weirdly enough, would I call, is it okay to say to call this guy's the breakout role for Vin Diesel? <laughs> <laughs> no, because when did Fast and Furious come out? 2001. Yeah. Oh. So, but he yes. was in stuff beforehand, right? When did uh, Saving Power Ryan come out? Uh, I think yeah, that maybe, was like, maybe like a whole oh, or yeah. five plus years before. 98. No. Oh, really? 98. That, I thought Saving Power Ryan was like a 93, yeah. 94. And what about Pitch Black? Because I think Pitch, Pitch Black, Black was like his breakout. Uh, his real breakout? Yeah, yeah. his real breakout. Uh, 2000. Right. Yeah. So I think it was like he had like a... A streak. A little a little part in Saving Power Ryan. And then I think it was like Pitch Black and then Fast and Furious. So this was like probably a side project for him. I think, wasn't he also in... I want to say he was also in Glengarry Glen Ross. No, was no, it? no was it was a boiler room. Boiler room. Sorry, I don't know why I always get those confused bits about. And I think it's know. a similar style movie, just more modern. Yeah. Also, two thousand. Yeah. Yeah, man. Ninety nine to two thousand one was Vin Diesel's ultimate. Like that was Diesel time. <laughs> it was Diesel time. Diesel time. Because then you had after Fast Furious, Fast Fast and Furious, you end up having Triple X. Yeah. And that was what a time. Uh, but anyway, yeah. Don't forget the pacifier. <laughs> Uh, the passive. I will forget. <laughs> we actually will forget that, Danny. But uh, no, I think you know it was. It's really cool because there's also a really great supporting cast in um, you know Jennifer Aniston playing Hogarth's mom. You have Harry Connick Jr. as uh, the artsy metal artist and dean. You have uh, my favorite Christopher McDonald as uh, the government agent. Uh, Shooter McGavin. <laughs> and uh, and a couple other. Uh, you know, small, like, you know, low-key, like, big names, like Cloris Leachman's in the movie. Uh, really interesting way that Warner Brothers was able to get quite a big, uh, you know, a decent, like, you know, cast to kind of just do voiceover work. Um, and then also, definitely their breakout, you know, project uh, was, this is kind of the debut for Brad Bird directing an animated film. Who we all know went, goes off to direct uh, The Incredibles in 2004, which is one of the Pixar's best of all time. Ratatouille in 2009 also. Yeah. It's, and uh, the Mission Impossible 3 in there. No, 4. four. Ghost, oh, 4. Ghost Protocol. Yeah, 3 was J.J. Oh, Abrams. 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 Yes, correct. Ghost yeah. Protocol. 3 was Abrams. Uh, but yeah, guys. Um, 
yeah kind of again like vin diesel just doing a lot of like creepy voice you know like creepy robot voices but uh practicing for group practicing for group back then so he's got but this is very memorable you know uh and then uh, i forget the the actor who plays hogarth but um i think he actually won um an annie award for the role but uh I, that's what I did my research on before what's rewatching an, it. What's an Annie Award? Uh, for voiceovers and, oh, or like okay. animation. Yeah, oh, okay. voiceovers. Uh, so, I mean, but the movie's really great. Like, it's got some really. I like the, the still the type of like old school hand drawn animation. Um, you know, it's set in Maine, the northeast of the U.S. So there's some really cool uh, shots of picturesque, you know, forests. Also, scary seas. I was watching the opening scene, and I don't know why I was thinking the perfect storm. Yeah. I got freaked out of it. I was like, wait, no, it's not that kind of movie again. And uh, like that animation still holds up today. Like, it yeah, very nice. 100 um, percent. I like the mix that they have. It It's kind of around the same time that a lot of animated movies or shows uh, kind of fused CGI with the animation. But it's like it's not like it wasn't like uh, the CGI that they use kind of on like the magic carpet for Aladdin. It's I, I compare this to Futurama. It's that type of it's like cartoony CGI, but it blends well with the rest of the animation. I think uh, Hercules was kind of like that too. Some in some instances. Yeah. So uh, so, so yeah. Tiny. A, yeah, around the same yeah. time. So it was like Space Jam came out around the same time. It, was, it had similar CGI. Uh, you had uh, I already said Futurama. Rugrats came out. Uh, I think the year before, and the Rugrats movie looked very similar to this with their CGI. And then, and then even after this was like Atlantis for Disney That's and Atlantis right. kind of looked like this movie. Man, I haven't seen that movie in years either. So yeah, like this was like between like this year and maybe a year before and after it was like a good couple of years of very similar looking good. movies. So. Late nineties, early two thousands, uh, animation just was something yeah, else. They were hitting it. They were really on top of it. Um, and you can really tell like they were really cool. Like even though like the giant himself, like he has the way he was drawn and animated, um it still like was like that kind of like pulpy science fiction mm -hmm. uh like, style and 50s also yeah like, aesthetic like like the, i think there's a poster that i saw that looked very reminiscent of the rocketeer yep <laughs> yeah so very very similar to which that. is a, a deco thing from even like the 30s so it's like yeah. it's almost mini throwback on that and uh hogarth reads his comics and watches his pulp science fiction stuff while his mom's working late um, that whole the whole bit with the brain thing was really funny. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, like I just really a lot of fun, heartfelt moments with him and the giant, like uh, him learning to not just eat all the cars and kind of teaching him sort of like his own little values of, just, of you know figure of figure out who he is. Like, hey, this is a good guy. And, you know, I love the this is a good guy, Superman. It's like, oh, it's a robot. He's like, that's me. He's like, no, you're. He's like, I'm Superman. He's like, okay, yeah, you can choose to be what you want. And of course message big theme in the movie um but uh yeah i know anthony you'd pick this out but what is like what would you say is like your stand some of your standout like favorite parts like in the middle movie because we all know we as no matter what age you are like you know you always get a little choked up at the very end but. yeah of course <laughs> other than the the end of you know i am superman the i just really like the kind of like in the middle of the movie the bonding moments between mm -hmm. the robot and hogarth and then once they start including dean it's like the hangout between the three and then them just like 
doing fun stuff together. He can't stay here. Okay, messing around with night. all his, his sculptures. You're breaking my... Wait a minute. <laughs> He's like, oh, that actually looks nice. Dean was <laughs> actually, like, super cool. Yeah. yeah so. <laughs> Dude, like, you can tell he was already cool because he's like, all right, kid, um, I'm not going to hide your... I'm going to hide your pet squirrel thing. And then, like, he knew. He's just like, dude, I'm so sorry. Ah! <laughs> just, like, it went nuts everywhere. I don't know if it's an Easter egg, but I like that when he first went to Dean's house to, like, show him the robot. Like, when Dean's, like, in his house, he's just, like sitting around chilling and he's listening to jazz music and harry connick jr is a jazz musician so it's pretty hmm. pretty interesting for sure yeah he's up in you know what was his um the name of the i want to say yeah the the federal agent i think it was like ken i forgot oh mansley yeah mansley yeah mansley, mansley. Yeah, man, yeah. mansley. He, he comes in like he, they keep calling him a beatnik he's like get out of the way beatnik but uh, yeah, he had the, that that aura and that vibe. Like you know, he wore the the, the long sleeve black shirt, and just very artiste kind of guy. And like yeah, I, I, which he was an artiste. Absolutely. Yeah. I just it's just so weird. Like I remember, I don't know, it was like maybe ten years ago where I like rewatched this movie. He's like, wait, that's Harry Connick Jr. Mm-hmm. And I was like, damn, it's it's a good job. He's doing he's doing great stuff. Yeah, I mean he he's an actor or he's in a couple movies. Yeah, he could do some stuff. Uh, Zach. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Zach, uh, what were some of your, your standout moments? Ooh, that's a good question. Because uh, I haven't really thought about it. The giant spinning around with the car. I, I think that was, that was, we're that landing! Was cool. We're landing! Yeah, kind of like like simulating. Uh, stop! Like, like what astronauts kind of do. Oh, Gart's face is like, please, He's like we're done. We're, we're done now. He's like, Whoa, okay. Yeah. I, 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 think, I think a, a nice... Centrifuge. Like, like, uh, a nice funny part that I, that I liked a lot was uh, when the when Agent Mansley first shows up, and uh, and uh, they go to inspect the the power grid or the the power plant. Mm-hmm. He comes back and the car is like gone. He he, he sits in his like, car. He he looks like oh, and, and then he goes to get out. He goes to to grab one of the the, the workers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the guy who's like and, a witness or whatever, and then the rest of his. Car and then and you see like like the giant's hand is coming and grab the car, and it comes back and he's like, "Where did the car go?" He's trying like, to dude, call. Where's it. my car? <laughs> Literally, dude, where's my car? He calls the general. like, "There's not sending out all resources thing? on a hunch." He's like, "My car is gone." He's like, "So? Like, I need proof. You just could be an idiot and don't know where your car is." <laughs> oh man. I, I think that that was, that was like a, a nice little funny. Bit. Nice, Danny. Do you have any moments? Uh, I wrote down some notes, but one of my one part that I liked a lot, that was pretty funny, was uh, when the Iron Giant starts following him uh, the first time, and then they oh, get yeah. to that train track, and you see him like trying to fix it, and he's just like, you know, oh, very- <laughs> that was <laughs> like he was so there's... meticulous. Yeah. the other bit, he, hey, he right. needs to make it line up perfectly. And, and then Still he gets like hit by the train. The, yeah, the he gets train. decked in the jaw by the train. And I had for actually weird enough forgotten about that entire scene. That was the whole thing where like Hogarth's like, oh, it's scary to follow. Like, no, we can't be around. And mm-hmm. and also sets up the idea that like he can rebuild himself if yeah. he gets broken. That was I totally for forgot. Later. Yeah, for later on. And I had totally forgotten about that. And so like that, that ties into then Hogarth the the whole bit where he's trying to hide uh, the hand that's in the, the house that try to get him back outside and then Mansley shows up and that creates a whole another debacle for Hogarth where he's like trying to like bathroom. no I'm in the bathroom and he's like oh wait <laughs> I want privacy <laughs> and then even and then that was and then like the other slapstick bit where you know his mom is like oh you know freaks out about that then closes the door but closes the door on Mansley's yeah. like chin 
Yeah, dude, Christopher McDonald was so good in that. Like, just like I could like it's funny. Like we always say Shooter McGavin, but like I could hear his voice. It's just like be the very like, you know, like your typical like you know G man like coming in and trying to like figure it out. You know, just you know, I'm on the case, but I'm also gonna be really annoying about it. And then we were talking about it earlier, and um, when he calls. Um when he calls him like every name possible, that like, whole champ, montage, slugger, sport, scout, chief, hey, chief. scout, <laughs> yeah, hey, kid, like you're like, hey, hey, like you know, the, the whole like that whole little montage of like, like oh, like, we fish out information, we've rented out the extra room to guess who, and you're like, oh, <laughs> it's gonna get terrible, and you can tell he's just like you're getting sloppy, kids. Yeah, like do homie like drugs him out with like some ethers, like it's all a dream, like really creepy style. Um, and yeah, that then ties into other ways that then it's like, okay, he can't be here anymore. I got to hide him out at the junkyard, which works out perfectly because homie needs to eat. <laughs> he needs to eat all that metal. I like when he eats the one of the cars and it, the horn oh. just keeps going. And he's like, like shut up. He uh, says, I don't know. He just, he just chucks yeah. it. <laughs> he's just like, I don't know what this is. It's gone. <laughs> <laughs> it just no. <laughs> didn't he sit on it at one point and it still didn't? Shut yeah, off? he sat on it and nothing. He's like, I don't <laughs> just toss it. What do you have in your hand? Nothing. <laughs> Not wrong. Uh, those playful moments, I think, are really great with uh, with the like Kim and Hogarth. My favorite part is the part where, again, like Anthony mentioned, they're all hanging out. They go to the lake. It's like, oh, let's just hang hang out at the lake. And then Hogarth's like, yeah, I'm going to come on, guys, go in, it's cannonball. Dean's just sitting there reading. He's like, no, nah, I'm good. He jumps, Hogarth does his little cannonball, and then he's just freezing his butt off. He's like, it's great, everybody. The water's fine. The water's fine. Come on, don't be scared. Then he's looking at the giant, and he's like, come on. And he even turns he around, he's like, like oh, heck no. It's like, he looks, he's like, that looks bad. He's like, oh, don't be afraid. And then you just, then... You then hear you see. Thud, thud, thud. <laughs> then like the biggest cannonball of all time. Just that was another. You're like, oh, this is awesome. That's a bomb. Yeah, because Hogarth rides the wave. But yeah. the best part is Dean realizing what's going on. He's just looking up in despair. Oh no! And then he gets washed to the in the, the middle street. My favorite part. He gets, still, still in the chair. He, he gets. He gets. Yeah, still in the chair. Washed on the road. And then some guy pulls, some guy pulls up, up and he's like, yeah. Yeah. He's like, like hey, buddy. Yeah. You're on the, you, yeah. You're on the, yeah. You're in the middle of the street. <laughs> but like, he didn't even let him finish saying, you're in the middle of the street. He goes, you're in the middle of the, yeah. Like, I know. Shut up. He's like, okay, I'm going to move on now. <laughs> he's like, it's the way he said, yeah, twice. Like, that's what sold it for him. It was like, yo, Harry Connor Jr., good job. Like, he's just like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> help. Like, I, it's like, I know if you don't believe how I got here, go away, sir. That That is like, obviously, like my second favorite part of the movie. But then we realized, you know, like there's a, a bit of a kind of a ulterior motive as to why the Iron Giant is on Earth. Or maybe he got, you know, hit off course and finds himself on Earth. But... Uh, originally, he's designed to be a, a weapon of mass destruction. You know, he has like all the all the right arsenals and everything. And so, like every time he saw like anything threatening or a gun, like he had overriding code, and like he even had like flashbacks to what he was coded onto. Um, Anthony always brings up that good point, like to where uh, he's at in the junkyard and he's kind of sleeping at night, and the, the giant's kind of resting. He can he's also kind of like remembering his coding, and it's being broadcasted onto the TVs too. Mm-hmm. So you can see some of that whole like, oh, there was like an army of him, and they would just you know wipe out civilizations really. 
And then it turned out to where, hey, like we were bringing in the military, the military does its thing where it doesn't understand. So we're going to shoot first to ask questions later. And the giant, again, his, his overriding program just goes to town. Well, they showed him getting triggered at first from just like uh oh, oh, playing it all it wasn't even his BB well, gun. B- well, it, it, wasn't it, even it, started it was like a fake of, laser gun yeah it started because of the, the deer too right they he saw, saw the, the deer, deer get getting shot, shot. Mm-hmm. yeah and then he's like guns kill he's like yeah guns kill and then he's like but you're not a gun yeah, and that's when his eyes turn red. He's like, uh, yeah. All, I'm he's all like, a gun. I'm every gun. I'm every ray gun. <laughs> I am. I, and he and like it was, and again like the way the animation was hit with the score like you can tell like the the beady red eye like the glowing red eyes like it's like oh he's in attack mode or in def, you know defense mode as they were trying to figure out and like he's going through the town. It was really cool too because initially in the town, like he saved the, the kids that were stuck there, and mm-hmm. everybody's like freaking like no no, but like he's actually good and. Then the military shows up and you know kind of triggers his defense. Well, mechanisms. they showed up because uh, Jerkface took the told, picture. Well, no, he told the the army. The, hey, oh, he the just kid, killed, killed the kid. Yeah, he yeah. killed the kids. Yeah, no, he's like he killed the boy, and they're like, and then they find Hogarth. He's alive, and then even the general's like, Mansley, you said he was it's a trick. He's like, it's a trick. Like he was so like trigger happy to blow it up, and then they're like, oh, you want to blow it up, but it's still in town. Like and then he re- like he finally realized like it's on the the, the robot's the position. He's here? just like here. Like, we'll, we'll draw it away. He's like we'll, we'll draw it away. We gotta go. It's like no, there's no escape. Like you killed us all. It's like, it's like, well, it made- that was later on because he did say at first that like we'll draw the robot away and then and then launch the missile, but then yeah. it didn't work. It didn't work because and then Hogarth after came all through. Was like no, homie. Like he like, gave the message in the movie. Man, this movie's deep. Yeah, like, you know and. You know, people always say like, "Oh, animation." Hopefully, nowadays, it's like animation is not just a kids thing. Like, there yeah. are still like valuable lessons to be taught here of all ages. You know, to tying into again like the whole like Red Menace, Red Scare thing. Like when they're in school and they're talking about oh, the speculations yeah. of the robot, yeah. the little like you know duck and cover video. It's like yeah, you're that obviously the doesn't little, work the, under the school desk, and the nuke lands on the desk, and it's fine. Yeah, it's like <laughs> oh, you're totally you're gonna be okay. Everything else is gone except you. Like all the desk and you. Like Looney Tunes, uh, like a Hanna Barbera style or Tex Avery yeah, cartoon, where just like there's just like a bit piece of like uh, you have like the, the the platform of like ground you're on and a little bit on there, and everything else around is exploded. Oh no, you're okay. Not absolutely not. But uh, you know, um, and part of the whole bonding moment is that he had a he was showing him comics, and then obviously the Warner Brothers movies they were able to show the uh, the action comics with Superman on it. And so he learns, he's like, I want to be Superman. It's like, yeah. Um, and so based, you know, not the, the villain character, not the, not Atomo, mm-hmm. the villain, which I, yeah, again, like a very 1950s, uh, kind of name for, for like a, you know, a pulp comic. But I think in the end, you know, we get that the most heartfelt moment that you get in like, you know, I even get like from that rep- random episode of Ted Lasso, I was like, oh, pretty soon you're going to get all the whole bunch of grown men in a room crying mm-hmm. and you know the, everybody the whole town is freaking out like they're just like oh no there comes the rocket uh mansley tried to run away but the robot's like no you're going nowhere <laughs> and then they're like the rest of the general's telling them tell help mansley uh showcase what it means to be a good soldier and to hang and to, to hang tight and that yeah, part was trying to run away like yeah a, that part was like was. 
I, I also like the animation it was simple, but like you saw like the the nuke from the submarine just super high, mm-hmm. and you're just like, oh, yeah, there it is, like, and the whole town's looking at it like, oh man, there it is, like, like up beyond the atmosphere of the planet. Yeah, it was like almost yeah. floating for a second. <laughs> yep, it's and then it comes out, then it drops back down. But uh, you know, that's where you get the sort of callback to where Hogarth's like, no, you can't follow. Like, but then. Uh, the giant gives him the famous words. He's like, you "I stay, go, I you go. St- yeah, yeah, you stay, I go. No following." And uh, then, dang. like, <sighs> and then, like, he gets to it, he's like, "No," he's just like, "Don't worry." Yeah. Then he goes away, and then you know he, he uses his rocket jets. That was also that yeah, really they cool showed that a little earlier where he was uh, flying away from the. the well, he was just running. Out. Yeah, he was running away from the jet fighters, and the cops were trying to chase him. And then he ended up tripping over like the cliff or something like that mm-hmm. while Hogarth was in mm-hmm. his hand, and he just. Hey, I have rocket feet. And then he decides to fly. I was like, sweet. Yeah. And it's also really cool. And then he realized, oh, I can use it. To-. And then it was cool. It's like, oh, you got to fly. Like, point your hands out like Superman. And I was like, yeah. That was, uh, again, another good callback, which then leads us to the final, final like, best moment uh, where as the the giant goes up, he remembers Hogarth's words. And he says, you are what you choose to be. And he's right there facing the rocket. And he's like, closing. And he just goes, Superman. <laughs> It's, it's, oh man, it hits me every time. Like, I was watching the movie, I was like, no, man, like, I'm 35. Like, I'm, I'm okay. Like, this, this <laughs> can't hit me. Tears, man. And it's just like, nope, it's, it's coming out. It's, it's too good. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, it just hits all the right, mo- right moments, man. Like, it's just, it, it's, it's done so well. Um, the town kind of, Rockwell rem- uh, makes, remembers the sacrifice of the giant. <laughs> Dean makes a statue and is now dating Hogarth's mom. Good for him. Work. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, really? I love the whole, like, better than the other thing? It's like, yeah, better than the other thing. He's like, ow, but okay. And then uh, Hogarth finally finds, like, you know, like, hey, we're able to recover just one thing. And then one day at night, he sees, just like uh, when the giant got hit by the train, the piece of, the, there's a screw starting to move in again. Just the, what, the screw to his, to his, his jaw, his right? jaw. Mm-hmm. And he's moving back. And then he just looks, he's like, I'll see you later. And you see, in, you know, in Iceland, it all comes back to Iceland, right, Zach? Yeah, it was Iceland. It always comes back to Iceland. It's, it's like it's telling us something. Like we should go. <laughs> this podcast may be sponsored by the Iceland Reykjavik. Tourism Let's Board. Let's go to Reykjavik. But, uh, <laughs> you know, the Iron Giant's assembling himself back in Iceland, and he's kind of waking up, you know, I love the... It was like a good hopeful, like Hollywood, classic Hollywood ending or like because the face is already assembled, the eyes are back on. And he's like, yeah, <laughs> I'll be back. And the and then the movie ends. Uh, you know, and it's, you know, lean like an hour and 27 minutes or so. So mm-hmm. it doesn't okay. overstay its yeah. welcome. Yeah. Like it did everything uh, it needed to do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I remember hearing like, man, the, the film, the score of the movie is really good. Like the, the music was re- done really well. And it's because it's done by the same guy who did the, the Die Hard movies. Um, he did, oh. yeah, he did quite a few others. He did start with a K. I don't remember, but like, like it's good, like that kind of like classic film score feeling. So like, it knows the kind of he knows the kind of uh, the chords to hit, what's supposed to work, you know, what moment, how to make you know make a few feel a certain uh, emotion. So especially at that very that climax, man, it's too good. Um, so yeah, like I, I was you know subje- pleasantly surprised when Anthony said, you know, hey, we're gonna. He's like, we're going to bring it back to the Iron Giant. That was really cool. I know, Zach, you looked up some fun little Easter eggs and stuff, right? Well, there was there was one in particular that I kind of caught, like, right as I saw that scene. Which was? So, uh, the train scene. Yeah. Um, 
where where he gets hit by the train obviously uh the the conductors are based off of two men from what Dis- from what Disney himself called the nine old men of animators mm-hmm. that also appeared in the Incredibles another Brad Bird movie mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember at the end of of the Incredibles where the, those two old men that were there, they were saying, like, oh, there's no school like the old school. Mm-hmm. No school like the old school. Yeah. So those two guys appeared in 2D form in this movie as the two conductors. Nice. nice. And there was even, like, a whole, like, Reddit thing that I looked up. But I'm, I'm showing the picture now yep. to these guys. The same two guys. Nice. With the, the same two guys. Mm, for sure. Red Bird likes Disney stuff. I mean, you think? Yeah. I don't know if it was. I, I don't know the reason why he included them in in this movie. Like it made sense for I'm for sure the Incredibles it's like, because it's Disney and they are from Disney. They are of the nine old men. Yeah, it's probably but, just like playing homage because they're, in general they're just known like as as, as, as good animators from yeah. back in the day. Yeah, like anyone like, who like, studied like they animation. They worked on the like Snow White. Like, yeah, that's sure. All, that's like those far those back two um, that were big on animation. Like you know they were you know what current animators kind of looked up to. Those were like the gold standard mm-hmm. for people like kind of trailblazing and pioneering at the time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, absolutely. It's kind of like uh, how people have like look at the original uh, the people who wrote all the songs for like Mary Poppins. Like they look at that like for like oh like if we're making songs for Disney movies yeah. like that's like the gold standard that we have to do or we have to emulate or like that we studied to kind of to get you know what we want to do and you know do great work. And the the two men's names are uh, Ollie Johnston and Frank Thomas. Mm. I think Frank Thomas is the the thinner guy and Ollie the taller thinner one yeah. Is uh, the shorter with and, the mustache? Yeah, with the mustache. Yeah, that, that was something that I thought was pretty cool. Like I, when I when I saw their faces, I'm like, man, they they look kind of familiar. But I don't I don't know where else I've seen them. And then then it dawned on me that it was uh, yeah, actually, the Incredibles. I didn't pick that out. So that's a good one. Good good find, Zach. I like that. You have proved your value. Like, like, like you need you need like great memory and a sharp eye to notice that. Yeah, I mean, and it's just you know little stuff like that. This makes a difference. I don't know if there were any other Easter eggs, um, if you guys had found anything, but... There's that one moment where uh, one time they were watching TV and they're flipping through the channels. Or maybe it was just on and then when the scene start, they started, they showed an advertisement for Tomorrowland. Like oh, really? Disney's Tomorrowland and, and then Brad Bird ends up directing a live action version of a Tomorrowland movie in what, 2015, 2015. or something? That's the same, and I, I looked this up. That was uh, the movie that uh, he wanted to do because he turned down Star Wars: The Force Awakens. Oh, what a what a timeline could we have had if Brad Bird directed The Force Awakens? That would have been would've, something. Would have been cool, <laughs> to say the least. Um, Danny, I don't know. Do you have any last other little fun little Easter egg uh, tidbits that you may have noticed? I think there was a, I've noticed, I think like the diner or somewhere near the diner in the town, like it was like, I think bird diner, or like bird barber. I know it wasn't a barber shop. It was like something where like it had, it was like, a, hey, like that's Brad Bird's name in it. So like, I, that, that's something I caught in there. Would this have been a movie to have like a, like an A113 reference or no? No. No. Isn't that only that's, um, it's not, it's that's not strictly thing. Disney? No, 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 it, no, sorry. No, it's a it's a, a it's an animator thing yeah. because that's like a classic. No, because this is I mean, yeah, but college but, for but, animating, but correct. I don't think it's like specifically think, Disney. because uh, I've seen so. A one thirteen references like there was an A one thirteen reference in Mission Impossible Four mm-hmm. and Brad Bird directed it. Yeah. But it's not a Disney movie, it's a, I mean different studio. You would have to 
you can speculate that there is probably one. Yeah. We'll probably be here corrected. Anybody listening in, uh, we'd love for your input too. But, but I, maybe I so. because at that point he was connected with Pixar, so maybe he just was like, "Hey, I can do this. I can do this blatantly now or flagrantly." Uh, and uh, why not? Yeah. But I don't think. Yeah, other fun bits. I think it's just a. Uh, Oh wait, so there there is one. So All right, go for it. Uh, inside Dean's house, there is an A113 reference, and it's kind of like a mashup of posters. Oh, okay. That make it up. Mm, that makes cool. sense. So there he goes. Oh, well, Brad cool. Bird, you oh. sneaky oh, dude. I, I just found the link. <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice. nice. Google faster. <laughs> Zach beat you to it, info guy. But uh, yeah, I figured. Since yeah, of course. It, it, since it is Brad Bird, I, I think he might. Well, I don't know if Brad Bird himself actually attended the school himself, but he has put in his in probably all of his films. Well, you know, one could assume. Yeah. And then um, everyone here has seen the movie before, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. At okay. some point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so like we'd all like it wasn't like a re- oh I didn't think of- there were little things I had picked up on again like I had forgotten about like again the whole the sequence of the train which is very important because it establishes an important plot point but um, no it was just really good to see the animation again and to see like to see the movie done re- you know like it's like man this movie is back when they used to animate things by hand it looks really drawn well like I said still holds up holds up really well and yeah and then again for people who love a lot of other brad bird's other work it's like hey go to where his like first feature which is iron giant and everybody like you know fawning over vin diesel with i am groot it's like he got that role because of the iron giant he can inflect with you know so little really make that happen it's so good uh, I think with that, we can kind of, if you guys want to rate the movie other than a uh, fantastically emotional uh, wonder ride of wonder and friendship. <laughs> yeah. All right, Anthony. Uh, actually, no. Zach, you go first. Me? Ooh. Uh, uh-huh. nine, out nine, nine out of ten. Nine out of ten. Man, straight up nice. at nine out of ten. Danny? Uh... I'm also going to say a 9 out of 10. It was very solid. Nice. Very solid. Very it's solid. more than solid. Yeah. 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 Like, solid is like a, like a seven and a half, eight. Like, 9 is like, it's a spectacular. It's a, yeah. a classic it was, animated movie. Even though it, it only came out 24 years ago. Yeah. Only, yeah. Like, it's still only up. 24 I know. years. It's compared to like something like, you know, almost Snow as old as White. I am. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Snow White was like nearly like almost 90 years ago. Almost. Funny you say that it's a classic because how many people do you know have seen it? Uh, well, I I did one of I the most interesting classic, things. One of the most interesting things was uh, the box office numbers. Exactly. That's yep. why, yeah, that's it, it underperformed it actually. Yeah, it was so. I have it here. The box office. Definitely, is it's a, it's an underrated movie. Seventy million, and it only made twenty three million three hundred thirty five thousand. Wow. Whatever. But, but it's it, it, domestically it, uh, or worldwide. worldwide. I thought it was fifty million, and they made thirty million. No, worldwide nope. twenty three million. This is one of those movies where Damn. initially, yeah, like the, the it had yeah. a tepid response, but then it developed a cult classic. I think it caught on afterwards. I mean, I'm looking on IMDb. It must be, I, I guess, different. Regardless, it, uh, yeah, maybe it, that's it, a just it, it greatly underperformed. Yeah, which is, it's a shame because maybe yeah. it comes down to marketing or anything because the movie's great. Like this movie, like looking back and people will go back and look at yeah. it, like they watched it like in reruns or anything on nature. It's, it's, yeah. It's good. I mean, it's the too good. Seventy million, and the animation's great. The CGI is great. I mean, they don't have to use too much. It's mainly the giant, and then some other 
aspects, but I think it all connected very well. I really liked the, I guess, like art direction and and how they went with like emoting the Iron Giant's face. Yeah. Like, so anytime he freaked out and got mad, you could clearly see that he was mad and the eyes turned red. Like the Xavier eyes, said. yeah. And then even when he's learning, like when Hogarth teaches him wigging out, he's doing the whole like yeah. Ooh, shaking yeah. his head with, yeah. his, with his fingers and then- Rock. And this is also rock. No, not rock, tree. And then the scene that like pushed the Iron Giant over the edge is when he thought Hogarth died. Yeah. He was like, like the robot was straight up crying and it was like, it looked like a human being crying over another human being, but it was a CGI robot. Yeah. So I think they did a really good job because I don't even think they, I mean, maybe they did, but I don't think they used uh, any form of performance capture for it, but it looked like it was like a human crying yeah, over someone acting, someone dying. Yeah. So I, I think they did a really good job on that. So yeah, I really, it's a shame that probably not that many people saw it back at, or maybe haven't seen it still. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, I, we probably all consider it a classic because yep. we saw it before and we all enjoyed it. hundred percent. But it, it's like, Probably one of those cult classics where maybe not as many people have seen it that you would think, but they uh, they should. And it, I mean, because it's it, good. It won a lot of awards from different from these different organizations. And that's why we're here to yeah. recommend the yeah. movie. Yeah. So if you guys are listening, haven't seen it, or hopefully you're listening after you've seen it. But if you're someone who doesn't care about getting spoiled, watch it after you listen to this. Um, but yeah, I'll give it a. Eight and a half, eight and a half. I would also say eight and a half. Like very, it's... very solid. No, yeah. better than solid. Very good animated movie that uh, I think is underrated because, again, I don't think that many people have seen it. How's the director's cut? They uh, added a couple extra. Yeah, it was just like a few little scenes. Like, I think they added that dream sequence where they show a little bit more. There's more of the destruction, which could have been a little. Like, yeah, because oh, it's, a bit much, it's, a, it, cause it's it also down. like flashes, like quick flashes going on. So it's like flashes of uh multiple iron giants like tearing through some random planet exploding yeah. stuff and uh just yeah out. just a lot of destruction going on like in, in quick succession Laser guns and yeah yeah that was another thing when it when the giant would freak out and he actually like went all like gun he laser went into mode. like ultra like yeah invasion mode. it was like he, he turned into a, a mech and had all sorts of cool weaponry that he had a dome over his head he had a big laser gun when Hogarth talked him down and kind of like, you know, talked I, him out at the very end, he shot, he was going to shoot the, the, the missile. missile. So he's going to shoot the, like, kind of like a ray bomb over at the destroyers off the like, coast. The scene and that like, Hogarth shows up in front of him and he straight up just like has the barrel of whatever laser he has, like two Hogarth. I was like, geez. Yeah. Like that thing was going to cause <laughs> like damage. And, but he ends up shooting it away. And you see this like giant, big green bomb. Even when I was younger, I always thought the one weapon that it used was really cool it was like it's like a little sp- spinner and then oh, like yeah. some little i don't know how to describe oh, it some it little thing that would like click the spinner and each time it would click the spinner like random little lasers blue lasers and blew would come up all the tanks yeah, yeah. it was that, that was, was really so cool. cool so it's like for maybe like a two minute sequence where he was going all out crazy you know the cgi team they got their, yeah they're like hey let's just come up with some cool looking Cool looking yeah, alien retro futuristic alien weapons guns. and make that work. Yeah, yeah, it was so cool. Yeah, it was really cool. So yeah. I hope more people go see it. I'm pretty sure a lot of people have seen it since it came out. Um I think they've seen it either on TV, it's yeah. a rerun somewhere. Um but, and they just need to know like, this is the guy VHS. that brought you Incredibles. This is the guy that brought you both Incredibles movies. Um and Ratatouille. And, and Ratatouille guys. This is actually one of those movies where I could easily see <laughs> someone could make a live action version of this movie. 
If they wanted to. If they wanted to. Do do we want to, though? You don't need to, but I'm just saying, like... Does Warner Brothers... To me, it seems like uh, something that could be easily translatable. They believe enough in the IP to put it in that uh, multiverses game that they had for the Right. Iron Giant has shown up up a couple of times uh, recently. It was in Ready Player One. That's right, dude. That was was so cool. Wasn't he in Space Jam 2? I I don't know. Just because Warner Warner Brothers was like, let's just use all of our properties and everything. And so that's why he's also in multiverses. So, yeah, but they didn't forget about Iron Giant. So that's, that's that a means cool they, they know it's a cherished IP that they have. Um, yeah. yeah, guys. And and that's again, a fun movie. I said it before in the, in the episode. But it's like, you know, that, that ref, I always love that reference in Ted Lasso. It's just like, oh, he's like, oh, we should probably go here because in about uh, 30 something minutes, you're going to have a, grown, a whole room of grown men crying. And they actually, they just hear the moment, they just hear Superman, <laughs> which is funny because Ted Lasso, I think, is produced by Warner Brothers, uh, like, uh, yeah, TV. So they were like, yeah, we can use this as a rights. <laughs> it was really great. So uh, next time, I believe it's my turn, right, gentlemen? Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. So I was thinking a lot about this and I realized, I guess, I guess because I was on like kind of like that Ted Lasso trip. Uh, there was a, a recent episode of Ted Lasso where there was an obscure reference to this movie. Uh, bitten by Roy Kent and he calls out one of the reporters he's like you Goblin King so um, thankfully I have this movie on 4k blu-ray but uh, next week uh, next episode we're gonna be talking about uh, the cult classic labyrinth starring Jennifer Connelly and David Bowie I don't think Danny Daffod Bowie Daffod Bowie Danny and, and Zach you guys definitely have not seen this not. movie definitely have not is that an 80s movie it's no, ab- I yeah I haven't seen it I just I gotta keep writing the '80s thing just for Zach's reactions to be like, what the hell is this? But this is also enjoyable. Wait, yes. Uh, let me write it down. What's it called again? Labyrinth. Labyrinth. Okay, labyrinth. Dude, just, it's just Bowie being like Jennifer Connelly from your favorite movie, Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> yeah, That's she Top was Gun like Maverick. 18 or something like that. Yeah, it was before. Yeah, maybe I'll, younger. She might have been younger before Requiem. Yes, before, before Requiem. Yeah, before but James. so but then that means after uh, Labyrinth, are we just gonna watch The Rocketeer? Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Because that movie's awesome. I saw that movie a lot for some reason when I was younger. I would watch that movie a lot as well. Uh, but yes, The Labyrinth, I love the movies. It's like it's like a musical in an essence. It had a lot of Jim Henson puppets with live action actors. Um, my sister and I grew up watching that movie a lot for some reason. And it just always caught us. Like the music's catchy. Uh, especially the opening music number is really, really catchy. I won't spoil it. But uh david bowie wrote all i think all the songs for the movie nice. uh he did a lot of the acting and he has this like weird like goblin king glam outfit that's that outfits i should say that are just out of hand and then jennifer Connolly is basically plays this young girl teenage girl who is trying to save her like baby little brother because she's annoyed that she has to watch it and not have a social life so she's like i'm gonna give you up to the goblin king and no the goblin king's like Sure, thanks. And then adventure ensues. It's really good. Zach, don't look up the movie. Don't look up the synopsis and get spoiled. He's already looking up themes and synopsis and box office gross. No. Sure. As he looks up everything. So, yeah, I'm excited. Not, not, not the actual plot. I haven't seen that. No. I'm, I'm excited to uh, kind of uh, crack open the Blu-ray, uh, pop it in, give it a watch, and uh, see what Make you guys list. think. We can make a list. I gotta make a list of all the fun <laughs> things to it. Oh my god, the bog scene. Anyway, I'm not gonna go through it. But yeah, I'm excited to see what, what you guys think for next time. And so with that, 
we hope you look forward to next episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and hearing us discuss one of our favorites in animated films. And again, if you gave us the courtesy to listen and haven't seen the movie, uh, you're doing yourself a disservice. Go ahead and watch it. Right now, I think it's available for renting or buying. If you can buy it, try to buy it, man. The movie's awesome. Uh, Max or HBO Max, which is now will be Max. Uh, I won't get started on the name. When does it change again? Uh, very soon. It's the very, 23rd, very soon. Yeah. The 23rd of oh, May. Boy. The one you go to for HBO. So <laughs> anyway. I believe it's being shown... Iron Giant, uh, I think is being shown on TNT. I know it's being shown on TV Saturday, like around noon or something like that. Because I'm recording. <laughs> he's recording and he's going to keep it forever. Yeah. But you might find it on like certain channels on pre to record it. So that you may get, you know, commercials, which is annoying. But I think even with the commercials, it might be at the two hour broadcast. Yeah. Uh, but if not, you can always own it physically or digitally. Right now, I think to rent, it's like four bucks. I don't know uh, if uh, future generations listen to our podcast we know four bucks will get you then but hey who should knows? be a cheap buy just buy it just buy it it's awesome it's a great movie and uh again if you enjoyed the episode and you're fine picking us up on your favorite uh, podcast platform of choice go ahead and give us a like and subscribe on youtube twitter and instagram on popcorn watch list so you can keep up with our day-to-day uh polls day-to-day uh emoji reveals for movies as well as fun discussions and polls on uh what you guys are seeing and what we're individually amongst us as a panelist are are watching or have thoughts on so we look forward to that and uh once again thank you so much everybody for tuning in we'll catch you next time see ya rock souls cannot die tree superman